0: There we go. What's up, guys? Welcome back to the Life Like a Movie podcast, where we help you create the life of your dreams. Now, on the way to the life of your dreams, is it going to be a smooth, sunny rainbow ride? Probably not. And actually, what I've learned has that has been that toxic positivity actually took me away from my power and that there's a lot of pain and suffering that human beings go through, and it's, it's a part of life. You know, it's a part of life. And so what's more important is not – how can I avoid suffering? But what are the most powerful tools I can use to remove that suffering or or to deal with it in a better way such that I can create the life of my dreams? Uh, And so we have a special guest today who's going to talk about, I think we're probably going to talk about Reiki and breathwork, um, energy work. We'll see where this goes. Um, So um, Maz, um, I'd like you just to to give you an introduction. Um, She's a a Reiki teacher, breathwork teacher, and She runs events regularly, as far as I can tell, and her energy is just incredible. And what she was saying just before we got on this call, which is like people come to her for energy work, for breath work, and then they leave and they're like, that was like nothing I've ever experienced before. And I'd imagine it's because you're embodying your authentic self and you're channeling and you're just giving who you are, which I think is some of the most valuable giving we can do. So anyways, I'm really excited for this conversation and Maz, welcome to the show.
1: Thanks so much for having me here today, Brett really I honored.
0: Did. That's awesome I'm really really excited for this. Um, so I would love to just start with your story because um, the the listeners don't know your story yet so we just love to, a little share briefly one to two minutes of just how you got into this the healing space and why did you pick the
1: modalities that you did? Okay so how I got into this healing space rewind a few years back if you had told me I'd be a healer healer in a brackets or across three <laughs> marks Um, I'm someone that helped people heal and have these kind of gifts and be able to channel and tap in. I would never have believed you. Um, I think for the longest time though, almost a decade, I've just had longer than my whole life, but mainly in the last decade, it got even stronger. That feeling of, I just knew I was here for a bigger purpose than just living this rat race, struggling through life, following the crowd, you know, and I just knew I was meant to do something more for others. And I was here for a bigger purpose and life wasn't just about waking up, going to work, reliving that over and over and over again to a job that you didn't even like anyways. So, and then that's where it started, where I thought I've had so much experience, life experience and overcome so much. So just a quick snippet. I was born in poverty in the Philippines. Um, At 14, I was living in the streets in Cairns, Australia, um, and I've been on my own since 14. I have been a drug addict. I have suffered depression, gone through abusive and toxic relationships, a lot of trauma Um, as a child through my teens and my 20s, just a lot of abuse, bad scene, drugs, you know, just dark, gloomy life, struggling through life, always broke, then became a party girl, And then started to change my life when I came to that, there's something more, there's got to be something more. And because of all the things I overcome, I started blogging and just sharing my stories, going through that personal development. Everyone finds out about Tony Robbins when they start, right? Yeah. (laughs) And I got into Tony Robbins, which then led into further learnings into spirituality and the law of attraction. And literally everything I said seven years ago that I wanted to manifest like getting on certain magazines, becoming a sponsored bikini athlete, earning six figures, traveling the world, all this stuff, which was impossible back then, um, all came true. And then from the law of attraction journey and personal development journey, I suppose I kicked off and triggered going into spirituality and unlocking my gifts, which we all actually have access to. We all have gifts. We're just unaware of it, a lot of us. Yes. and then that has just i fell into the breath work the energy healing the reiki and stuff um because i thought i kind of went you know as you go through your spiritual awakening and then weird things happen you start seeing hearing yeah. experiencing things you're like what is going on yeah. uh, kind of like that and it just kind of happened <laughs> so that's what i'm doing now
0: um thank you for sharing that. such a beautiful journey i had no idea that you were um uh, grew up in poverty in the Philippines and because of that I love to to jump right into to the depth of how that impacted the little girl um, who went through that because you know I, I work with um, clients I can think of a client right now that I have who knows that he has stuff but is so confused with what to do with it and i I've noticed i'm beginning to notice now that people getting into toxic relationships is one of the most common manifestations of childhood trauma. And a lot of people that come to me, they have no idea why they keep repeating their past until we dive deep into what happened to them when they were very young. And I'd be curious if, if you're mm-hmm. comfortable to share. I'm, I'm sure you are because you're in this space, but if you're not, just, just say so. Um, how the experience growing up, growing up in poverty affected the beliefs that you had about yourself when you were super, oh, super young? I've-
1: Definitely comfortable to share. I have written a book about toxic relationships. You mentioned that. Oh, um, awesome. Could I Deserve Better? It's all about the patterns of toxic relationships and breaking out of that due to us and our programming from our childhood and trauma. So perfect lead up. Thank you, Brett. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, right up there. <laughs> um, but yeah, so growing up in poverty and having experienced trauma like as a child, I was actually molested. I was gang raped in my teens. I've just was surrounded with a lot of trauma and horrible experiences. And that was the result of me in my older years going from one toxic relationship to another, to another, to another, until finally one day I was like, hang on, why am I same?" pattern different bodies you know same different demon (laughs) and the same issue what's going on and finally taking my power back when i started to look at me there's a Mm -hmm. common denominator me what am i doing and taking responsibility for the role i played and it all was stemmed through the conditioning the limiting beliefs the subconscious blocks that was created through experiencing hardships and Mm -hmm. yeah like not having enough not getting the love from your parents and family you know feel yeah. having a bed and then issues it's all stem from the wounded inner child so yes
0: what were some of the beliefs that you had about relationships or about men that, that were disempowering
1: well disempowering well i think like coming in now like. I was looking at this just recently because right now as a collective, if you have noticed, the masculine is being called to rise. That's what's going on right now. Yes, and it's a beautiful thing. I mean, I've actually been reflecting back on my masculine side because I'm allowing my femininity to step more forward. And because I'd had so much trauma with men and I didn't have my father growing up and the men that was in my life were not exactly supportive and the best examples um I stepped and I was living on the streets as a teenager right so I stepped more into my masculine side because I had to protect myself I had to defend myself I had to do everything on my own so then I tapped out of my feminine side which is you know where you're able to receive and be protected and Mm. step more into the masculine side where you know, playing that protecting role, and because of that, not then not trusting any other man to be able to protect me, and not mm. allowing myself to be vulnerable with them, if that makes sense. And that kind of strips away the masculinity from a man who is he ultimately wants to be the protector, right? right? Right. I mean, that makes so much
0: sense. And so, uh, in in your relationships, you would find that they would often end up not working because you were too much in your masculine is that the primary reason why they ended up uh, the relationships ended
1: no i wouldn't say so much that um i think well at first the pattern was i was not able to speak up because i had been abused and being in like a you know and like being able to say no so you would accept less than great behavior because you were afraid to say no and then you felt like if you did speak up they might react or they might leave you and that's just all abandonment issues yes. so you stay and keep quiet and find yourself in this toxic vicious cycle
0: yes and I, was, I just want to honor you for a second because i asked the question in a way of is that the reason why the breakups happen and i know that the men that you were with played an, an enormous part in these breakups i in no means was trying to say that it was your, your uh your fault. Um, And I'm honoring you because you're taking so much responsibility for you not speaking up, even though I'm assuming that these men had very toxic behaviors towards you, you're owning it and saying like, I didn't speak up and it's definitely something I can relate to. Uh, That's been probably, I think for me, a big part of my journey has been speaking up as well and really allowing myself to embody my authenticity and allowing myself to embody Mm -hmm. who I am, like just really not being anxious about what are are they going to think about what I say? Or if I, if I say this, am I overstepping? Am I stepping on their toes and just really fearing that? And now being in this relationship for myself in this last year, the last six months for me has all been about telling the truth. And I've noticed at times that I've lied or I've been manipulative and I didn't even realize it, but it's what I was doing. And to be able to own that, there's a lot of, a lot of power in that. And so I want to bring this conversation to a a conversation around In your experience, what's been the power at facing the ugly truths about yourself? What power have you received from it?
1: Once you can take responsibility, and even my book is about that, a lot of my coaching is about that, all of my workshops is about that. And it's about allowing the people, every single person, to take responsibility for their life. Because at the end of the day, everything external to us and our circumstances and situations we find ourselves in regardless is a direct reflection of how we feel inside so even when if you're broken struggling and like living in that lack mentality inside that's what you're going to experience and until you start to feel like you deserve better things outside of you start to level up and change with you and I've seen that that's how my journey has progressed and all my clients and everyone else that has gone through the journey can all agree with that it's how you feel inside so If you stay in that victim mentality, and yes, life happens, bad things happen, people do things, you know, world pandemics happen, there's things outside of our control. But um, if we can take responsibility of the part we played and how we are and start self-reflecting and understanding more about us and what we can do to, one, prevent that from happening, Two, not accept that from happening. Or three, instead of reacting, responding in a different way or Mm. what you could do better, just taking ownership of yourself. And once you start consciously living that, not just knowing it, a lot of people know this, but then they Mm. don't embody it. But when you start embodying that, things, even the people around you will change. They'll either drop off and you'll attract better quality people on the same frequency or they will change with you because when you heal, it helps others heal too. It's like, a, it's all energy and it's just contagious, right?
0: Yeah. It's really beautiful. It's such, such a powerful message there. Thank you. I think you're right on the money. Um, I, I would love to go from, from um, awareness to application. Like you are saying, what get, what gives a person the jump actually two, two questions because awareness, I think is a really, really important part. It can't be skipped, but you're saying that embodying it is, is the most important. Like it's one thing to know something. It's another thing to use it and really mm-hmm. create the change. So I love to know, now I, I want to get into your work um, because yes. I'm a big fan of the work that you do. Um, and for anyone who hasn't checked out her Instagram account, I'll leave it below and you can check out some of uh, what she does. And there's some really cool breathwork videos I just watched before coming on this podcast. And the work is really powerful. And what you'll see is Maz working with the energy around a person's body, whether she's in the physical or over a Zoom call, doesn't make a difference. And she'll, be, she'll work with their energy. And I want to know specifically, Maz, what you do to work with somebody's energy? Like what's, what's happening for a lot of people that don't know about Reiki, what's happening? And also, do you does the person need to be aware of anything when you do this work <laughs> be unaware of what's happening? I, I'm assuming the answer is no. <laughs> maybe just, um, yeah, I, I wanna dive into some real practical stuff. So maybe just share a little bit about um, Reiki and breathwork and then um, from there we'll move on to some more applicable things.
1: Yeah, so I am qualified in breathwork and Reiki and energy healing. Um, To be honest, when I work with my clients, um, they do do breathwork because breathwork is a powerful tool Um, and it allows the client to also be in that state where they're relaxed and open to receive. Mm. And when they're in that state to be open to receive, the real magic can be done, I feel. Um, And what I actually do isn't anything that I'm certified in because I'm basically just channeling and like the movements that I'm doing and what I'm doing with their energy and body. No one has taught me that it's just something that starts, that started happening and then what's happening. And I've had people like from the other side of the world, literally feel me working on them or pulling things out of their body. And when I say pulling it's when we have suppressed pain and trauma, Everything is energy and that suppressed pain, trauma, anger, resentment, whatever it is, gets stored in our body and causes blockages. And it manifests into not only just physical pain, illnesses, diseases, but it also manifests as that self-sabotaging voice in the back of your mind. It's a negative energy. That voice that tells you you're not good enough, that it's just a negative energy that sabotages you. We've all experienced it, yeah. you know. Um, and it's just a blocked energy. And it's caused from something that has that you've suppressed or a trauma that's still unhealed or something you've experienced, right? And so working with that energy when people are in the breath, yes, I do do Reiki, which is allowing them to clear their chakras and open that. But what I'm mainly doing is feeling their body for that, those blockages and those stuck energy and actually removing it from their body. And while this is happening, the client is then actually sometimes the clients will know, oh, my God, that was trauma from my father or that was my mom. Like they will know what it is um, because then the breath work allows them to tap into their natural DMT. Right. So they're going on their own journey well i'm pulling out stuff so we're all having a great time um <laughs> <laughs> you know yes. um, they're having their psychedelic experience and then they actually feel me pulling things from their body and they're like whoa you know and they know but sometimes people don't know sometimes we don't need to know what it is all of a sudden they just know something left their body and all of a sudden they're feeling clearer happier more positive and At first, it feels weird because you're used to that nagging voice in your head, and you're like, "Where is it? What's happening?" Yes. But um, yeah, I don't have a word for that, but I do advertise as breathwork and energy (laughs) (laughs) healing.
0: Y'all have a great time. Come on in. (laughs) We're all
1: having a great time.
0: (laughs) Well, um, yeah, yeah, it it seems like such powerful work, and there's something actually happening for the client. Like it's not like you're just kind of dancing around them. No, there's something (laughs) happening. Um. why, why is that? What's, what is it about you as this energetic being with an intention and we, yeah, we, using your hands as an intention to remove energy? What is it about you as an energetic being, them as an energetic being that you're able to do this? Like, like, just tell me a little bit more about how this process works, if you can.
1: Well, again, it's not something I've studied. It's something I fell into. And I guess it was yeah. just connecting in more with my guides and strengthening that connection with source or higher power. Whoever, I'm not here to tell anyone who to believe in. We know there's something higher and whatever it is, if you want to call it the universe, God, source, you know. Um, but just connecting my relationship with my higher self, my guides, and mm. doing that, and basically it was me setting an atten- intention. I just knew I needed to help people, and I wanted to help people. And, um, me setting an intention of bringing people to me, I was like, anyone that needs help that is asking for guidance, bring them to me. And I allow you to work through me to help them. That's literally how it started. I literally for the highest good, it's always for the highest good. And the more I started doing it and the more people they started bringing me and like it literally business just took off and like clients around the world, you know, um, and I let them do the work and I just don't question it. And I, and then now I kind of have learned more by the act of doing of what I'm actually doing. And I've realized I'm pulling stuff out, especially when the clients are sharing their side of the experience as well, right? But literally, I'm basically just the conduit, you know, yeah. like the middleman. It's not I don't have special powers or anything. <laughs> I'm just allowing to be channeled, source to channel through me to do the magic and do the work.
0: Yes. Yes. I can appreciate that so much. Now I have a bit of a selfish question I'd like to ask, which is yes. um, for me at, at times I've had difficulty allowing source to come through. At times I like to feel like I'm more in control. Yeah. And what are some, what, what are some things you can give me or somebody listening who, even if it's not this in their life, there's so many ways where we, where we block this beautiful flow of energy because we want to be in control. What are some ways that you've learned to let go of control and really allow allow source energy to come through.
1: And the control comes from ego and we all have ego, right? But yeah. ego, it's like, I'm doing this. I've done like, cause you want it to be like, when you're wanting to control, you want it to feel like it's you doing it. But when you're coming, that's coming from ego, which is coming from a place of fear, right? But if you can look at the same situation from a different perspective, and instead of coming from the fear ego base, Look at it from a place of love. And so, from a place of love, when you're doing this kind of work, you're a light worker. When you're doing this, it's you're light worker, you're helping people heal, right? It's about serving, it's about helping the other person. At the end of the day, it has nothing to do with you. You're there to serve, you're there to help. And if you can look at it in that kind of way, and that's honestly coming from that unconditional love i am here to serve it has nothing to do with me it's about helping them in this moment and you can step aside magic can come through because they know you'll be like allowing and trusting to be that clear channel that will come through i know when i'm in my ego and maz is trying to do the work it is not anywhere close as powerful as when maz steps to the side and lets the higher self channel you know
0: Yes. Oh, that is so powerful. You gave me a huge distinction here. I'm so glad I went for the selfish question because I never really <laughs> a lot of that um, The one thing you mentioned that um, you, you got into Tony Robbins in, in uh, your first stage of your growth or one of the first people, same as me. And one of the things I remember him saying, cause I was always nervous to public speak. Part of my journey was being afraid to dance, say jokes, speak up. My throat was pretty blocked and and so one of the things he said about public speaking, because he's just this incredible public speaker I would look up to. One of the things he said was so powerful. Never forget it. It was like, we get nervous when we're focusing on ourselves. Mm-hmm. So when we're focusing on service, then, you know, we're not focused on ourselves. We're not nervous anymore. But also now relating this to what you're saying, it, all, it, all, it allows like love or source energy to come through and you can really add value. But, it, and, and also in his documentary on Netflix, he was saying, most people lead with the fear of failing, not leaving with leading with love and caring. And what I'm hearing Mm -hmm. that you're doing is leading with love and caring and like trusting in that and not making a mistake or failing. it's not really on your mind. It's more about service. So thank you so much. That really helps a lot. Um, now I want to move back now to some value for people that are listening, which is how to find their gifts. This is something that you mentioned in your, um, in your personal story. And I can feel some emotion come through me now where it's just like the thought of, of somebody living their gift versus the thought of somebody working a job they hate is just like traumatizing for me.
1: <laughs> Same. <laughs> you know I mean? um,
0: and I know for myself, I could, I could never go back to the jobs that I, that I didn't like before is like, it, it would be cr- I, I would die. I, mean, yeah. so, I can see a lot I of... have
1: said things. the same thing. I know it's very dramatic, but I've actually said I could never go back to a normal job. I would rather die. Like Yeah, would <laughs> <change
0: it. laughs> yes. yeah we are on the same page there. And, uh, and I know that uh, similarly with public speaking, like we were just talking about, I think a big reason why people don't find their gift is because they're afraid to try something new and fail. Um, they're very certainty driven, very survival driven, as opposed to possibility driven, inspiration driven. Um, and that that's my two cents is making an inner shift first is the most important step in finding your gift is really allowing yourself to tap into possibility in your heart, as opposed to making decisions based off fear or certainty. But for you, if you had to give, um, um, a a method or a strategy or a little process that our minds could take in maybe the way that you use to find your gift or something that you think might help others. I think this would be really, really valuable for people to to hear.
1: Yeah. As I said, this work that I do now, which I don't feel like I work, it's not work, but um, this magic that I do now, let's call it magic. (laughs) um, I fell into All I knew, there's a lot of people out there as well because we all have gifts and we all have something to offer the world. So if you're someone that is like, has that deep, deep calling, like this is not what I'm meant to be doing. I'm meant to be doing something more with myself. I'm meant to be giving. I'm meant to make an impact, which a lot of people have. You need to start exploring that. What are your strengths? What are you good at? And yeah, don't, it's every time we come from that place of fear or ego, as we were just discussing before, you will be, you will fail because nothing good comes from that when you're coming directly, just all about you. If you're wanting to have gifts, the gifts are there to share, not for yourself, right? So you need to come from a place of love because the gifts and you wouldn't be given gifts if it's all for you. What's the point? That's a waste. Okay, yeah. <laughs> so the gifts are meant wow. to be shared, right? So you need to come from a place of love. And yeah, think about how you can help others. And for me, the journey literally started with blogging. I thought I could help others through writing. And then it turned from blogging to I became a fitness model. I went from overweight to fitness modeling and sharing that personal development and weight loss journey. And I became a sponsored athlete and thought I was going to help people that way. Um, And then that ended up leading to me on my own personal and spiritual development. Then I learned about law of attraction. I started sharing about that. And just the more I was just sharing and helping people, I then stumbled into my gifts when the time was ready. Do you know what I mean? Because like, what if I had known this back then when I was still learning, I wouldn't know what to do with this and it would have gone to waste. Everything is always in divine timing and there is no mistakes. Like what is meant to be yours will be. Just sometimes if we're not in alignment, we'll take the long route there because we've, keep getting stuck in cycles, repeating lessons until we learn the lessons before we can get to the next stage. But okay. the more conscious and aware you are, those lessons come and you get the lesson. You're not stuck in that cycle. You can move on to the next stage and it gets quicker and quicker to get to your gifts, if that makes sense. Like life's like a video game with stages. Yes. <laughs> I don't know. Yes,
0: yeah. 100%. I'm so with yeah. you there. Um, that, that was so so profound to me that the word gift implies other people it implies there's others involved. It implies a giving or a sharing. That's really, really powerful. And I think our society is very eye-focused. I I think Mm -hmm. that's a fair generalized statement to make. We're pretty eye-focused. And, um, you know, you'll hear all the teachers talk about focus on service or get outside yourself or focus on something greater than yourself. Like everyone's saying this, you know, (laughs) this really seems like like um, the path, so thank you. I hope that that can add some value for people. And also, divine time, I, th- I think, is really powerful and, of course, very relatable in my own journey as well. Um, I, w- I want to move on, uh, move on, but kind of move back to um, the power of breathwork in your specific magic that you offer. Because um, uh, I've done a few types of breathwork myself. I've never mixed Reiki with with breathwork. My girlfriend does more energy work. I do more body work. Um, but I want to know your opinion on, you've probably attended many breathworks. What makes a breathwork really great? What makes a breathwork not so great? And what do you use to make your breathworks the way that you do? And, and like, cause you said you, yours are different. What makes yours different as well?
1: Mine's different, I guess, cause I don't know anyone else that is doing exactly what I'm doing. Yes. Again, it was channeled. It wasn't an idea or a thing. Like I just incorporated all of my skills and gifts that I had to be able to deliver the maximum result for my client. Like even for me my clients, they're three hour sessions. Cause I'm not there to say an hour's up by, I'm literally there to take you on a journey and do the most that I can in the time that I have literally. And I don't know anyone else doing that. I'm just channeling whatever they're telling me to do. Well, I'm doing it. You know, I'm there for the client. It's about the service. Um. I didn't know that I was going to combine this and even learning about breath work. I went to my, one of my mentors. Now I have a few different mentors and one of my mentors now, cause he works with spirit when it comes to the breath work, he's called spirit breath work. Mm-hmm. And I have a, had a calling and a pull towards, you know, spirituality and working with spirit. And um, so I, literally went to one of his events not knowing that I was then going to want to learn from him I just wanted to receive and the experience I had was like oh my god I need like as soon as I came out of it the first thing that came to me was you need to learn from this man and that's literally how I've had my journey every time I get that calling and that voice that tells me something I follow it I don't question it I follow it I used to question it and that's why my journey took longer to get to where yeah. I am now but now I'm able to quantum leap because I start trusting my higher self and trusting that calling, you know, rather than overanalyzing it as we can do or worried, what if, what if, mm. and I just followed that calling and then learned from him. And then from there, my gifts, my Kundalini activated, my other gifts started coming into fruition. And I just started adding that in um, with the Reiki. Like my clients do get some Reiki. I do help clear but usually a typical reiki session is like an hour of you clearing their chakras i don't do that okay i take them through the journey we do a bit of coaching i shit, I work on their subconscious conscious mind and then we take them through the breath journey i allow them to go to the breath and then from there you start to feel and see the energy all the trapped energy coming up from their body. And I start pulling that off. And once I've been able to do that, then I end it with some Reiki and clearing their chakras. Once that trapped energy is out and I'm just working with spirit. Like it's, I don't know, like it just happened that way. (laughs) I'm like, I have no way to explain it. Like no one really, I don't know anyone else doing it. And it's just using my gifts the best way I can to best serve those that come to me, I guess.
0: Yes. Okay. Beautiful. I mean, beautiful, beautiful point. And and I, I heard you kind of touch on this at the start, and I'm in a hundred percent agreeance with a lot of what you do. You you're not certified for, and I think there's a fine line between getting the proper education and doing it. But I've learned at a certain point, like education is is um like once once um you know the lights are on, you got to perform and do your thing. And a lot of it's about not about thinking or education. It's about creating and doing um, in that moment. So I can relate to this a lot. Um, I want to end off this podcast with a simple question that um, I'm curious to hear your answer to, which is if you had one message to offer the world, what would it be?
1: If there was one, that's a big question, but one message. Or if, if you want, want, maybe
0: your, your two or three little messages or important things that you would leave behind for the world.
1: What I think would actually be the most valuable, there was like one thing to put it down to where you want your world to change, but also make an impact is like, what can I do to be the person that I want to be remembered as because we all forget we take life for granted how many times has someone passed away or we lost someone we wish we said this we wish we didn't do that or say that we wish we all these regrets and then even with our own life no one knows anyone can die tomorrow unless you're like super psychic and you know you're you know time but like you we can't take that for granted but if you live in a way where you're always thinking what can I do to leave my mark you know on the world of how I want to be remembered as and if you're always consciously doing that every day even if it's one tiny thing just doing a nice gesture for someone yeah. Life changes, everything changes, and everything around you changes. But yeah, that would be my one thing.
0: That's really beautiful. That's so powerful. That's so, does everyone understand how powerful that is? That is so powerful. <laughs> like, actually do that. It is it'll, it's, it's life changing. You know, it, it's so easy, and it's a beautiful way to end the podcast. It's like, it's so easy to listen to a podcast, and there's so many phrases and sayings that get thrown around. But literally, if you're listening and you literally just do what she said, Feel into the idea that you will die, and it's inevitable. That no one's even the future isn't even promised to anybody, and you um, take that in. That energy that you get from that perspective, it's powerful energy, and you can you can create a beautiful life with that. So, anyways, um, thank you so much, Maz for taking the time. Uh, this was such a treat for me. I've I've really really enjoyed this episode. I felt that um, our energies were great together on this, on this podcast. I felt it was really high energy podcast and I'm sure everybody felt that, but thank you for taking the time uh, for coming and sharing your gifts with us and sharing your story, a fascinating story with us.
1: I love your energy too, Brett. And um, thank you so much for having me on here. It was an absolute honor.
0: Awesome. Thank you so much. And thank you everybody. Um, This episode will be out um, very soon for anyone who's listening to the early recording. And for everyone else, we will see you next time.